0: welcome back to Women Blazers. I'm your host, Deanna Witter, and I'm excited to have Iris Diaz as our featured guest in this episode. Iris serves as the Chief Marketing Officer for the Dallas Mavericks of the NBA. Iris brings the energy in this conversation as she shares her remarkable journey, a journey with humble beginnings, a no-quit mentality, and an inspiring determination rooted by her family to lead the life she always imagined for herself. I want to take a moment to thank Turnkey ZRG for supporting women blazers. Turnkey ZRG is a top talent search firm in sports, entertainment, and media. We appreciate Turnkey's role in advancing gender equity in our industry.
1: She said, I want everybody to look around here. And it was about 700 women in that summit. Uh, I want everybody to look around here and realize, she's like, I'm going to tell you something. She said, you guys are all meant to be here for a reason. She's like, don't forget that. She said, I remember when I walked in, she said, I want you guys to know that you're not here just to clean the dishes. You here to deserve a a seat at the table. And it spoke to me more because of the service piece of yeah. it. And I'm like, yes, I'm not here just to clean dishes. I'm here to be at the table too. Buenas tardes. Hello.
2: How are you? Hi, There's how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How, how's the season started out for you? Pretty good so far? You know what? It's Everything's been
1: uh, good. I mean, it's. I guess we're all kind of happy that it's a back to quote-unquote a normal season where yes. we know the chaos is happening. We know the fans are coming back into the arena. We know exactly what we need to do beforehand to make sure that once the season starts, it's like running. Like there's no, let's re-strategize. No, 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 that. we got to go. We got to keep <laughs> running and running and starting to put everything out the door. I mean, to the point where we're already working on things that are happening in January and in February too, because November, December, like we've already knocked, we're already knocking that stuff out. So That's good. It's, it's, and I'm sure it's very similar for you guys as well, but Definitely from the marketing side, we always have to make sure what is the marketing plan? What's the creative? What is the message? What are we sending out? Who
2: are we selling what?
1: And all that good stuff.
2: Yeah. No, you're, you are you got to be out in front of it or like the schedule will eat you alive, right?
1: <laughs> oh, yes. That's actually the best way to put it for sure.
2: It does. It's like, a, it's like, it's like pet man, you know, and the, the <laughs> monsters like coming and you have to just keep eating and going forward. Otherwise it'll be, it'll be done because the schedule is what it is. It's going to happen if you're not, if you're ready or not, you know?
1: Yeah. The players don't stop playing just because, Oh, you don't have a tune in message. Okay. Well, we'll just hold up. No, no, no. <laughs> that is so true. You just have to be out, there move. And when I tell people, especially when they're joining sports, everyone loves, they want to be in sports. Say, you know, I just want to be a part of it. And I'm like, okay, great. You know that we're not just mingling around the players, right? We There's a lot of grind that happens in the back end. I need you to run as fast as me, as not faster. I was like, bet you don't know what's going to happen on the court or off the court. So you just have to be ready. We don't know what's right. going to happen. So let's just go because this is not an eight to five job. This will never be an eight to five job, not because we don't want it to be, but because the schedule that the players dictate what, what really happens, what we have to do. We have to be ready for them. They show up for us on the court. We have to show up for them wherever they're at. And that's for our fans, too. Our fans don't stop being fans at 5 o'clock. <laughs> well, right. They will continue to be fans 24-7. So that means that we have
2: to run at their pace. No, you're, you're right. It's all about the people you surround yourself with and the team that you're on and that you are all like running toward the same goals together. Um, is absolutely true. Now take us, take us back a little bit because, um, I'd love to hear about, about your, like the beginning, right? Like, how (laughs) did you, like, how did you make your college decision? Did you, and how did you navigate sort of the college experience? Do you have an idea of like, who, like what you wanted to do for your career back in the college years? Well
1: back then I wanted to be a singer. I'm obviously not that now. But <laughs> <laughs> a singer, I love it. Uh, but now actually I think I'm in a better place right now. But uh no for me it was it was different. I mean my story is actually very unique and very different as as everybody's and I'm sure yours as well. Um but to me it was more um I come from first generation uh Mexican family. My parents were just happy that we graduated college. They were just they weren't big on pushing us to do college. They were just making sure that we were happy and we were doing what we wanted to do. So they struggled obviously to get here just the the, the normal story as far as, you know, uh, I do come from parents that were immigrants, and, and now obviously they're citizens, but we're very happy, and I want to make sure that what their struggles, you know, didn't go in vain, that I actually did something for myself, and I'm actually the only one in my family that went to college and graduated, and actually actually focused on a career, uh, which is something that they're all very proud of. But I will tell you right now, my parents don't even know what a CMO is. They just know that I work <laughs> at the Mavs and I'm at the games and I'm working constantly. But that also keeps you humble. And I think coming from a very humble beginning and just humble family and just humble parents, it really, it, that was one thing that I mentioned, even with the Marcus Graham project, I'm Like always go in humbly because you never know where you're going to end up. You never know what you're what you're gonna where they're gonna end up and where you're gonna end up, but never think that you are owed something. Just because yeah. you worked harder than everybody else, trust me, it'll come. It'll whatever your your future is gonna be, it will come and it'll be recognized by the people, the appropriate people that are seeing it. So for me when I started college I actually went to UNT. I couldn't afford to go anywhere away because I was paying for my own college. I didn't go into grants. I didn't learn and know any of this stuff because back then I was working at full-time at Albertsons and I was going to a community college first to get all my you know, the basics out of the way and yeah. the, the, the prices that you could certainly afford back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also, and even now, I'm sure they probably hanged up the prices a little bit. But for me, it was definitely going into community college, understanding that I wanted to go into digital Design. I wanted to go into a graphic design position. Um, I was—I literally was like, I'm going to work for like a People magazine. I'm going to work for something huge, and I want to be part of the design and the, the sculpture and all the architect behind all this, uh, all the news and everything that goes into it. Um, and it's funny because I ended up going to UNT for communication design, and I did start there. I realized quickly that it, it was—it was almost like a struggling job as to be a designer because you—you you do have to have more technique. People can't teach people to be creative. You can certainly give them the tools to learn it, mm-hmm. but you have to have that you know, naturally come out. So I've always been on the arts and cultural side, and I love it just because I love color, and I love brightness, and I love just happy moments to share. But, but for me, it was UNT first. I was working full time. That's when I got my first executive job at, uh, at the Dallas Morning News. When I was at Albertsons, uh, I was at the grocery store, and uh, they said, "Hey, we want you to join this group that's happening at the grocery at the corporate office, which is in Fort Worth. Would you like to do it?" I said, "Sure." You know, and I joined this group. It was more like a survey group to to learn about what we needed for all the stores. We had 154 stores back then uh, for Albertsons. And then eventually, I noticed that there's a corporate office. I'm like, "Oh, okay, great. What do you guys do here?" So then I started inquiring, and then they're like, "Oh, well, we're looking for a marketing assistant. Are you?" interested i was like yeah i want to work here so then i got the job and diana i had no idea what the hell marketing was i just (laughs) just wanted to work there because they had a really nice office and um and also it was closer to unt whenever i was going to denton so i used to drive from mesquite to fort worth from fort worth to denton for two years uh and just really try to finish off my um my bachelor's and really focus on that unfortunately uh After two years, it really just comes really, really heavy for me. Once I transitioned from Albertsons over to the Dallas Morning News, uh, like I said, media never stopped. So I just didn't have time for school. So I had to stop. Uh, So I did, uh, I did leave UNT. And during that time, I was like, well, I have to focus on the experience. So then I started getting more experience. I was there for five years. And I would, like I said, I was the only marketing person there. And Then eventually I ended up getting a marketing assistant that was helping me with all the events. Um, And I think that was probably one of the roughest times, but also also, the best times to learn all of it, um, because everyone wanted to be in the newspaper. That's when newspaper was the thing. Everyone wanted to have their story there. Everyone wanted to trade space. Everyone wanted to be part of the Dallas Morning News. And at that point, when Al the Spanish newspaper, was, you know, really targeting more Hispanic families, and that's when a lot of the corporate companies were really realizing, okay, we need to target the Hispanic audience, and this is the only newspaper in North Texas that that can do that. So we we had some really great moments and a really great experience, which meant that we were always constantly busy. We were printing daily, and then eventually the company went from a daily To a weekly.
0: So what was your biggest takeaway from your time at the Dallas Morning News? You want to get into sports? I would recommend you do a stop first
1: with media, or you do a stop with an agency first. Let me tell you why media never sleeps that's one thing i learned media never sleeps if something's happening at two in the morning they will hold and put in that story at four in the morning make sure it's printed out for the next day for everybody to know media never sleeps which means that we were working seven days a week so a lot of that time i was the only marketing director with the dallas Spring news when i was with amnia it was the only time that we were at all the events. We were at all the promotions. We were giving. I was working on all the marketing for them. I had one person that was actually setting up all the tents and everything for all the events that we were at, and for me, it was like there was no other option. And that's the only, the first experience that I've ever had with a company didn't even expect, and I assumed this was like this everywhere else. So of course it's not. This is media. (laughs) Media (laughs) is going to go on. Social media is even worse now because it's always blowing up every single minute. There's no timeline. There's no deadline for social media. Social media will happen regardless if you're on board or not. So- for us for me definitely coming into that it was a big wake up for for me just because i used to work in in a grocery store you know a grocery store i know i'm shutting down at midnight if the store is closing or i'm shutting (laughs) down when i clock out and that's it i'm not taking any of that chaos home i'm going home and going studying going to school going to spend time with family but with media it's like no you're you're in go mode all the time so that was something that really uh, Prep me for the experience that I'm actually going through now. And so during that time, that's when I transitioned over to uh, Clear Channel Outdoor, and they were doing big billboards and those huge murals that we do in and and so many different cities. Mm-hmm. What I love about the company is that it was U.S. based and not just locally. So I ended up transitioning over to iHeartMedia. Obviously, Clear Channel uh, is their their billboard sector. So I oversaw everything for Dallas and Fort Worth, uh, and I was able to work with so many other people in different cities and obviously Houston was one of them as well uh, and really understand the dynamic and what how billboards work, the story behind them, how everything is really managed, the, legally, the legal side of billboards and of course all the murals that are always coming up in LA New York and Miami and being part of those conversations and being part of those ideas was also something really cool. So uh, I was there for quite a few years. I again was the only marketing person there that I was overseeing <laughs> the creative team. So it almost felt like, while it was great to have the decisions and to be able to work with a great team that knew exactly what the goal was. Like, like we've said before, it was also time for me to, to venture out to something different. So by the third year I was there, there was a marketing manager position open with the Dallas, uh, the Dallas Mavericks. I did apply for the position. And unfortunately during that time, I had already gotten very mature about the decisions that I was making, especially for my career. Mm -hmm. And, and that's something that we always, I want to make sure that people are aware, like, know your worth, know that don't, don't bow down or don't accept something that you don't, you are, you don't feel is fair, especially being Latina, especially being a woman in sports. I mean, it's like, don't think that I don't know that other people are getting paid more than I am. Trust me, yeah. I know that. So during that time when I did get the the offer Uh, I did turn it down. It was something that I just felt like the salary base was very low for what they were offering during that time. And it wasn't for me. And I really did have to talk to quite a few people because it almost broke my heart to to say no to them. And I think I was depressed and cried for like two weeks straight after that. I was like, I know this is my only chance and now I'm never gonna get it. So I was like, you know what? This is the time to really reevaluate what I'm looking for and what I really want. So at that time, I was like, screw it. So I was like, if I'm not going to go local, I'm going to go national. So to me, I was doing, I was hitting up everybody on LinkedIn for our NBA, NHL, MLS, CONCACAF, FIFA, like, Every single NFL, every, every single sector, I was like, I'm going to get in touch with somebody. And I literally blew up. And I think I sent over 200 messages through LinkedIn, like, hey, just give me a few minutes of your time. I really would like to know how you got to your position. You know, just, just I was like, I didn't care if it was like 2, 3 in the morning and I was doing this. To me, I'm like, eventually someone's going to respond. So <laughs> uh, during that time, then I realized, all right, I need to finish my schooling and I need to finish everything that I did. So I went back to school and I went to SMU. Uh, I finished and I got my, um, my certification to, for marketing itself with SMU just because I was actually doing our digital. I was doing graphic design with UNT. Mm. Uh, and during that time, of course, when I know I'm going to sound so old, when, UNT, <laughs> when I was with UNT, social media was a thing, but it wasn't something that people focused on when it came to advertisement. It was almost like, yeah, you should open up a Facebook account, but why? doesn't matter. Just open it up. Yeah, so social, was, yeah was, social networking. Yeah. Yes, there was no strategy behind anything other than just open up a, a MySpace account or a Facebook account. Uh, so whenever I went back to SMU, I definitely focused more on digital and, uh, digital strategy and marketing on that end. And after that, I realized whenever I was doing all the research for all the people that were working in sports, that's when I noticed that a lot of people really came from the agency side. So for me, I'm like, all right, that's what I have to do. I'm going to go to an agency. So I did. I started applying, and luckily, I did have some contacts with the Richards Group for the multicultural side. I ended up joining them. And I was working there. That's when I mentioned the the Metro PCS thing. And yes. that's where you really have to roll up your sleeve, woke up, wake up at four in the morning, show up to a shoot at five in LA. So anyone that's from LA, if you've ever been to LA, and I know you probably, I'm sure, at one point have you realize the traffic is terrible and you always have to be on site so that one definitely was always like you wake up early you show up with your client and you leave with your client so definitely some really great experiences in the sense of learning a lot of stuff that i didn't know and that was already at my old age and i'm like oh wow i didn't know that you couldn't do this and you can't do that you cannot say this you can't use these brands even learning about sag actors non-sag actors we used to work with ufc We used to work with comedians. We used to work with basketball players, every single thing and learning it because, and you had to know it because you had to be the expert when you were teaching and letting the client know. So that way if we couldn't, we could do this or couldn't do something, if we messed up anything, that shoot was on us. And we wanted to make sure that everything is tidy up. So I was definitely uh, aligned with everything. And during that time, there was a guy that used to work there. Uh, And he said, hey, by the way, he's like, I know you want to get into sports. And I actually went on an interview for the Dallas Mavericks. They're looking to reorganize the whole marketing department. They're looking for marketing people. And I said, really? He said, yeah. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, cool." I was like, do you mind giving me the contact? He's like, well, I told him about you, actually. And if you want to give me your resume, um, I was like, I can, he's like, I can send it over. And I said, if you don't mind, I don't mind getting the concert. I can do it myself. Uh, for me, I'm like, I want to speak for myself. I don't, yeah. I don't I don't. want someone representing me. And I knew he was doing it. It's it, it, it just wanted to be nice and do the proper introduction, which I certainly appreciated. But during that time, I was like, no, I was like, I can do it myself. I was like, here, give me the content and I'll go and email. I emailed and I said, hey, I heard that you guys are restructuring. Uh, I got your contact from this person. And I appreciate, you know, if there's an opportunity for us to interview or meet and just get to know what exactly you guys are looking for. I literally got a response the next day and they're like, yeah, we'd love to meet with you. Uh, Thank you for sending over your resume. We'll send over a calendar invite. I was like, perfect perfect nice. and at that point because of the what had happened like four years prior I was like you know if I don't get it that's okay I understand and I'm, I'm a bit more mature and a thicker skin to realize you know what if it doesn't happen for me it just wasn't meant to be at the at the moment Deanna I get the calendar invite and it said marketing coordinator and I was like oh I was like you know what that's not what the position <laughs> I wanted So let me go in. And this is what I was telling the, the my story. And like, look, I went in with humble, just being humble. Like, I don't care. I'm going to go and meet people. Because at this point, I'm like, if they're really restructuring the marketing department, um, then I felt like, okay, you know what? That's fine. I was like, I'll just meet them. And if I don't get, I, I know they already saw my resume. I'm definitely overqualified for it. But I also want to meet people. And in case they are restructuring, maybe there's a different position that comes up later. I don't know. And yeah, I'm like, right. screw it, I'm accepting it, I'm going. And I went and I was really happy to talk to them. And I met both of the people that were actually interviewing me. And uh, they literally looked at me like, yeah, I think you're overqualified for this position. I said, <laughs> I understand that. I said, I don't wanna waste your time. I said, but I figured I could actually come in and meet with you guys in case you guys are restructuring. Then there's an opportunity for me to, uh, just to meet you guys in case there's something that I could possibly do based on my skill set." They're like, well, thank you so much. Then no lie, Dion. I think a couple of days later, then uh, she emailed me and she said, Hey, do you mind coming in to meeting our HR department? I said, sure. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, Well, if you guys aren't hiring, then why do you want me to meet them? I was like, you know what? That's okay. I'll meet yes. more people, no problem. <laughs> and it wasn't yes. a waste of time for me. I definitely were coming in, like, look, I just want to meet new people. That's okay. So and as anyone knows if once you have a contact and when you have an email just email them reach out to yeah. them and say hey uh, i just want to get a few minutes of your time want to hear how you got to this position just want some advice cuz i want to get there too so to me, I was like, sure, I'll come in and meet the HR department. I'll be happy to. So I did. I came and met with them, and we. I think it was a thirty-minute conversation, thirty-minute scheduling, and it, we ended up talking for like an hour and a half. And it was really good, just talking and understanding where I'm coming from and my skill set. And towards the end, it was almost like a balloon buster. Like, oh, they're like, you well, you know, we really love meeting with you, but I think you understand we're not hiring right now. I said, yeah, I completely know that. <laughs> I said I already knew that coming in. So, but I. I appreciate your time and at least meeting with me uh and just like I said I'm like maybe there's an opportunity later and uh but I'll just keep doing this campaign that I have to launch for Metro BCS no problem (laughs) for me so and then um so then I went there and then I met with them literally a week later then I get an email they're like hey we're opening it up for a senior marketing manager position I'd really like for you to apply for it if you're still interested and I was like you know what that's not the position I was looking for but you know what screw it I'll apply that's okay if I have to start from from a manager position I certainly will because I definitely are coming in from a not expecting anything other than to learn and right. I want to so make sure that I learned it. and then I can apply my skills in my mind I was like you know what I'll learn it and then I can show you what I really can do and maybe there's a different perspective that comes out of it but we'll see <laughs> Again, I applied. Again, this is, on my. Like, I'm seriously just like, all right, cool, no problem. Like, I just want to be friendly and just get to know people right now. So I applied, that was a Friday. And then I emailed her and let her know, hey, you know what, I went ahead and applied for the position. I'll let me know if there's anything else that you need. So here I'm thinking that they're doing interviews for this position that they were going to be, you know, scheduling more people. So I figured I was going to come back and interview again for it. That following week, it was a Thursday, it was July 19th. They called me to offer me the position.
2: Yeah. And I was like, whoa.
1: <laughs> and I know the date because it was my birthday. And I was like, this is the <laughs> best gift ever. I literally were, I was getting together with my family that evening as for dinner. And Coming from, like I said, a very Mexican family. And, you know, if I don't work for Telemundo or Univision, they don't know what I do. (laughs) So. (laughs) So... To me, it was some. It was a really special moment for my parents, just because they knew how hard I wanted to be in in sports and how much I had been working to to get there. So, um, and then of course, being a huge Mavs fan was even like the cherry on top for me. So, I accepted the position during that time. And when I came on board, my first, I think my second day there, I talked to HR and they said. You know this position wasn't even available. We opened it up for you because we wanted you to come on board. And then, wow. and then two weeks later, literally two weeks later, they offered me the director position. They wanted to get my feet wet, which I think, I think at that point I'm like, y'all think two weeks was enough? But okay, no problem, <laughs> I'll take it. So I got offered the director position to oversee all the ticket departments. And then seven months later, I got a senior marketing director uh, promotion to oversee the marketing department. And then. Um, November 14th, so this year will be my second year. I got offered the chief marketing officer position, so overseeing everything. So very crazy how everything worked out, but yes. I, I think it wasn't the time for me back when I, when I applied. It was the time for
0: me now. It Walk us through your experience of being promoted into that CMO position.
1: So when the former CMO left, the next day, it was like I said, never, no one's going no one knows what's gonna happen on the court or off the court. Right. No one knows what's gonna happen in the business office either. So to me, when he left, I, no one really knew, you know, what was gonna happen or if we were gonna hire somebody or anything like that. And the next morning, she wanted to talk to all the whole marketing department just to go over, you know, the reasons why and, you know, what was gonna happen next steps. She called me in 10 minutes prior to the meeting and she's like, hey, she's like, I'm to talk to you about something. And if anyone knows Sip Marshall, everyone's her energy is infectious. Uh, but I love the way she talks to everybody. She's she's definitely that that lady that just brings that energy every single morning. You have and talk about run with run with people, that's her. Yeah. If you don't have that energy, trust me, she is your coffee in the morning. If you didn't have coffee, she is it. But for me, it was very much clear and I think it's almost like you can just finally like almost like relieve yourself and shrug your shoulders like this was it so as I'm running and you're going through you're, I'm looking at my whole career and I'm looking at everything I had to do to get there from picking up shirts to showing up to events to showing up at five in the morning every single thing from driving two hours day in day out to UNT from Fort Worth to Mesquite and anybody, anyone that lives in Dallas understands the, yeah. the, 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 the time behind yeah. for that. But when she said, hey, you know, I want to talk to you about something, you know, I want to talk to you about Mark and how it is working with him and, you know, working with me. And I am i didn't understand what was happening. I knew something was going to happen because they're like, hey, have you talked to Sin yet? And I said, no. I said, we have a game tonight. Like I'm busy trying to make sure that we're focusing on the game. So she pulled me aside and she pulled, she, she was giving more of a rundown, you know, as far as what was going to happen, you know, and things like that. She's like, okay, so what title do you want? And right now (laughs) in the moment, I was still trying to, again, this is just me. I was still trying to focus on, wait, hold on, my boss just left yesterday. (laughs) I'm still trying to, trying to swallow that moment. And I said, and I said, with all due respects, and um, I don't really care. I said, I'm still trying to figure out what happened yesterday.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, In the moment, my mind is blinded by all of the chaos from the day before. Right. That I'm not understanding the direction she's going with in the moment. And I said, with all due respect, and I just, you know, I don't care. She's like, let me tell you something. <laughs> me and the person before me spoke about this. And we, he agreed and we both agreed and said, Give her the CMO position because I don't want anybody to think that she didn't deserve anything less. And then that's when everything happened, and I cried, and I was like, (laughs) oh crap. So I was like, how did I just become the CMO? I was just putting on a a presentation (laughs) yesterday (laughs) for a camp, and all of a sudden I have to then. Now realize that everyone that was my peer, now I'm their boss. Yeah. And I think the best compliment was the compliment that was not said, which is why her? No one ever questioned why her. And I think yeah. everyone saw the amount of work and the amount of hours that you have to put in that it's, it's all worth it. So anyone listening and anyone going through it, trust me, it really is all worth it. And it'll be all worth it to what you think is worth it.
2: And the people around you, even though in that might be always expressed, you know, vocally, they recognize the hard work and the hustle and the success and the passion that you're putting in every single day. And it will pay off. It might not pay off always on your timeline, but it will pay off. Correct. Mm -hmm. And if
1: it's not on your timeline, it's okay. Trust me. There's a timeline that you don't know about that God knows about, but you don't know about and that's okay. That's true.
2: And, and, and then that was always my situation. I had a, I had it wasn't necessarily a timeline. It was a readiness. I'm ready. But, you know, there wasn't the position wasn't available. And, you know, what do you do then? It's like, well, I'm going to take, you know, destiny in my own hands. And if, if there's another team that I could, you know, go and be a difference maker in and put myself in a position of growth, I'm going to do it. And I was able to make those sacrifices and make those moves um, to do that. And, you know, some people are lucky to stay in the same market. Some people are lucky to make moves and being on a venture, you know, and learn Mm -hmm. a lot of new things in new cities, too. So there's no wrong way. It's the biggest thing. It's sort of learning and listening to stories like this from other people is good to
1: know that you're not the only one, Yeah, because that's what everyone thinks like, oh, it's just it's just me. No, trust me. There's more. It's just no one talks about it right away. But there are more stories like this. The diverse, the 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 amount of work that had to go in before to get to where you're at. No one talks about it, uh, but always ask, ask yeah. because it's you're not the only one. Trust me. And it's also important to thank these people that helped you get to the decision that you made. And even to to now, whenever I got promoted uh, to CMO, I went ahead and emailed everybody and text or called the people that I knew personally to tell them thank you because if I didn't go through what I had to go through and talk to the people that I had to go talk to and really enrich those relationships because at that point they weren't networking people, they were not partners anymore, they were friends. And yeah. people that really knew like, hey man, I've gone through it before, don't let this happen to you either. And really being honest because I think that's that's what our our youth and the the teams now, the people that are graduating from school, people are thinking like, oh yeah, after I graduate, I've been here for years. I'm going to get a job. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> and <laughs> a lot of times it doesn't. Some people might get lucky. Great, man. That's awesome. We have more power to you. But sometimes there is a bigger struggle that a lot of people don't really get to see because it, uh, they just see the negative side or they don't see that there's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel and they just either decide to stop or decide to, to quit. And it's like, don't quit. Please don't quit. It really yeah. does come to fruition. And I think its it sounds cheesy every time I talk about it. But I tell them, it's like, this is my story. Your story is always going to be different. But I don't want you to think that just because you didn't get the job or you didn't get the yes or you didn't get the second interview that you're not worthy of it. You are. This is just not the opportunity for you. And you have to be OK with it.
2: No, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I love the advice. And, and I, I think your point is so important to emphasize. It's like, here's this, you're just this incredibly accomplished woman who is the CMO of a um, very known, uh, you know, NBA sports team. And so people look at them and go, man, you know, it. it's, like she's so smart and you know it's probably so easy for her to get there because she had all these resources but it's like you know your glory but they don't know your story and i'm so happy that you shared it with us because it it's it's so real and so raw and so like just true you know that what you have accomplished and what you've gone through to get to where you are is extremely inspiring and you know i think the the interesting thing too it's like all those rejections all the challenges like I think about my own situation as you're talking about your story. It's like those rejections that you had across, like along the way, like I've always looked at them in the moment they were, they were terrible, right? They were painful, yes. but, but looking, <laughs> but looking back, each one of those was a gift, you know, it was a gift mm-hmm. to sort of like reach inside myself to realize what more can I do? How much stronger can I be? And maybe they were asking our counterparts to do the same things that we were asked to do, right? To prove ourselves mm-hmm. in those moments. But what they didn't realize is they were making us that much stronger and better than our male counterparts. In yes, head, you know? yes, and, yes. And it's like, you know what? In the moment, it was frustrating, but I'm so grateful for those moments because I know it's going to, it, I know it truly has made me the person I am and I have no regrets and I'm thankful for those individuals for, for pushing me beyond what I thought was my limit. A hundred percent agree. A thousand percent agree. A hundred percent, because I'm like,
1: you don't realize how lethal I am now, because oh, I I'm went dangerous 10 <laughs> times more and I'm way, and I'm glad lo- I'm glad that you said stronger. Cause yes, that is the word. It's like, now I'm stronger than you. You thought I wasn't, I'm way stronger now than what you thought I couldn't be. And I am. Yeah. And it's scary. I mean, we even get, I mean, I can. Oh my god, Dan! I can talk about this all day long, <laughs> but I think uh, the 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 also also great thing about it is just having a CEO that's also a trailblazer and be, yes. making her mark, and her empowering us to do the same thing and knowing that it is okay because that's also a thing. I think as women we get taught like, no, don't just be quiet, don't say anything because you are seen more as the B word versus a strong word. And yeah. I know we have read about these stories all day long about when we, when we come off and discuss what, how we feel and strongly, uh, you know, approach it with our, with our voice, we are seen as difficult. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like, well, you know, you just kind of shut away or don't say anything or, you know, don't, don't try to disrupt. It's more, no, disrupt it, do it professionally and yeah. understand that you have facts uh,
2: to share and understand that you are important in your voice. well Hey, let's, let's shift gears for a second. Um, we've talked a lot about career and this has been a great conversation, of course. Um, but I always love to touch on lifestyle a little bit, right? Like outside of work, like I know you work a lot, like you have a personal life. You talked about your family and you guys are really close. Is your family still there in the Dallas area?
1: Yes, they okay. are. They are a crazy mess up so, here. <laughs> so, so I am. I am. So, it's funny because I, I Diana, I'm telling you, if I say my mom I tell my mom I'm doing this, she's like, okay, great. Yeah. So can you make sure that you bring this macaroni dish for Thanksgiving? And just like <laughs> she doesn't care what I do. Uh, and I love that because it really brings that humility piece back. So yeah, no, for me it's uh it's funny because uh, I do um there's there is a work life balance, but that's that depending on what you think that work life balance is. Yeah. For me, because we are we do get busy, and right now we have come almost like a small break in the sense that we do have away games this week. We can focus on okay, what are we doing for you know our Christmas deals? What are we doing already for our February stuff to make sure that we plan everything and not everything out. We already have everything planned. It's just how when we start executing everything. Right. So, right. Uh, but for me, it's really important to also have those personal conversations with the people you work with to make them feel comfortable and to make them sure that they're good mentally, if there's something going on at work or anything like that. I am the one, I am very, I will be super, super transparent. I am not one to share a lot of personal stuff with, uh, employees. I'd like to have a fine, uh, line between, uh, between, uh, my personal, uh, personal, uh, I guess, experiences and also them. But I love the fact that they're really open about it. And of course, that makes it more fun for me. But for me right now, lately, it's been more about traveling in the sense of anywhere I can go within two to three hours. If I can leave on a Friday and come back on a Sunday, I just feel like I actually took a trip somewhere and actually (laughs) detached from the actual city. And it's funny because we just went to a ranch not too long ago and there was like maybe Forty frijolitos there and it was that's it. They're like, okay, well, this is what I needed. I just need to detach for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more spending time with family. I think we don't I don't do that enough. And I'm, I'm super honest because once the season starts, my parents know, okay, she's busy, we know she's at a game, or we know that something's going on. But going to family to, to see them on a Sunday or a Saturday is always something fun. Even just my mom still puts garage sales out. So even just sitting there with her and listening to her laugh and stories and our, our, my nieces, I have 12 nieces and nephews Oh wow. and uh, there's a huge family. And then, um, just getting to spend time with them during, uh, like for Halloween, for example, they're like, "Thea Iris, we really just want to take you and, you know, come trick or treating with us. I'm like, okay. And of course I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what time they have to be home. That it's okay, but by, <laughs> I dropped them off at ten o'clock. They were they were passed out. My brother was like, "Why did you drop them off so late?" And I was like, "Well, <laughs> I'm going to bed at one in the morning, so I yeah, thought ten was good." For me. Yeah. So uh, I think it's more spending time with your family because I feel everyone needs that uh, uh, from a mental standpoint, and also realize that there's more to to life than just you know your work. Really, uh, I think. Definitely spending time with my parents and really working with them and helping them um, has really kind of helped also detach from just work, 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 and actually yeah. have a little bit more life.
2: No, I, I'm, I'm with you. What you said too about your, your parents, like similar to you, I was a first generation college student as well. And uh-huh. my mom had, my mom had six brothers and sisters. Like nobody went to college, and you know everybody, you know, grew up in Michigan in the Flint area, and. And today, to your point, like my family, my mom, they have no idea what I do. If you ask them, they're like, oh, she sells tickets for like a sports. Like they have no, <laughs> they have no context of, you know, the role and, the you know, and how much um, capacity it requires of the role. Right. And, and so I, 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 love when I'm with them, it just sort of like all of that erases and they sort of just see you as like who you were, yeah. like who you've always been. Right. And so you yeah. kind of, to your point, it brings you back to almost like a center um, it's very refreshing. And it's like a reset, um, even if it's for a couple hours, you know, it's like a nice little reset to go back. And I'm always really refreshed in those family moments. I don't have as many as I used to. We obviously live outside of the state and we get holidays for the most part. In fact, my my mom's coming for Thanksgiving to here to Houston, along with my dad. Okay. So so it's, it's going to be fun to, to have that reset. You know, um, it's like a it's like a mental vacation in a way.
1: It is. It is. Even though you're still at home. Yeah, Uh, I mean, to me, me, trust me. So right now, because we are working from home, it's hard to detach work from from home because it's here and uh, there's no, you know, there's no walking out the door. And then before, at least I would walk out the door and know that I'm leaving my computer here and I'm not taking any of that stuff mentally at home. But now it's really hard to it's a blurred line because you really have to work on all of it together. And if you see something ding, just like I'm sure like you. It's hard for me not to look at that email. Okay, what is this? You know, at 11 o'clock at night, okay, what is this? Because at the end of it, these these emails are any information that's coming after a game. If there's some kind of reaction that we have to do, which happened last night, I have to react to it uh, because it's just part of the job. And I understand that. So, uh, but I do, I do, I will say I need to be, I need to be better at it because I don't feel like I'm there yet. Uh, But I do admire the people that actually can say, you know what, sorry, Iris, I can't, you know, I have family time, but I certainly will go to it tomorrow morning in my head. I was like, I also have to respect that too. So Mm -hmm. that's actually something I mentioned to someone that actually has a a good uh, coworker of mine, he deals with all the in-game stuff. He has four kids now, uh, two twins, a uh, twins. So to me, it's mm-hmm. like, look, I said, honestly, during COVID, I really respected everybody that has kids and has mm-hmm. a family at home. And for me, it's easy for just to maneuver and just because I'm just taking care of myself, but people that have to entertain kids and have to worry about your kids and they have to see what do you do, especially when you're trying to have a conversation, you have your kids running around in the background (laughs) that uh, a lot of people can't also afford daycare, you know, or didn't have, didn't feel, didn't feel comfortable bringing someone else into their home, you know, during COVID. So I definitely uh, made sure to, to tell the people that I knew that I had kids on me. Like, hey I have more respect for you than, than I did before not that I did it before <laughs> but I think now realizing everything that you guys have to go through during that time and understand, And that's the other thing too I made myself available 24-7 if I could because there's people that were dealing with their kids in the morning that that were you know homeschooling yeah. and that were working at night because that was the time that they were going to bed and, and I'm like hey I'm available to, tonight if you want to call me uh, because I, I do have that flexibility but then I also realized I'm also opening it up to me never stopping. So uh, trust me, it was and it was more for them. So that way, they felt like if they had a question, they could get the answer in the moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also was trying to be as thorough as possible to be able to help them out. But it was, it definitely was a balance. But I think it, it also played in the time that it was easy for me to do and I was happy to do so too. But it's almost like when do you stop it? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> now, right. Everybody knows, now everybody knows you're responding at midnight, but it's like, no, I also need to stop it for them because I don't want them to think that because I'm sending out any information at a certain time that's inappropriate, that they have to respond.
0: And right, I made right.
1: sure to to clear that up. Like if I'm emailing 11, eleven o'clock at night, even though it's after a game, don't respond. It's it, it's nothing urgent. It's just something to prepare you for the next day.
2: Yes. I'm the same. I'm the same. I have to tell, like, because, you know, I get home and it's all kid time, you know, and then I jump back on my computer at night and I'm a night person. You know, I I can work, I I can work all night long if it requires it. And it's, it's not, my intentions are that I don't expect my, anybody in my team to be working all hours of the night too. It's just, it's my time. And I, and, and then I don't expect them to respond. I just want them to have what they need when they get into work the next day. And I'm not holding up any process, you know? Yeah. You know, so I think that's always, that's always the thing, but, but it's, you know, I think, um, you know, to your point of, of just talking about balance, uh, one thing that we always emphasize in these conversations on this podcast, it's like, if you're striving for balance, you're probably going to fail. <laughs> but if you, if you just think about the lifestyle you want to lead, like do the things that make you happy. And sometimes, you know, work and diving into work and getting lost in your work for me, it makes me happy. I, it does. And it doesn't make everyone happy. Maybe yeah. spending more time and carving out time for, you know, for traveling and everything else that makes them happy. Well, that's your lifestyle. And that's awesome. And I respect that. And how, you know, how can we support each other and the lifestyles that we lead? And, and ultimately, everybody's still delivering for the for the team, you know, and I think that that's always really, really important that this thought of balance isn't maybe the goal. It's about finding that that right lifestyle for you
1: yeah and, and to your point i mean if binge watching netflix is your balance and that's your balance and yeah that's there's cool. no judgment on that at least you got to, to disconnect and probably binge watch squid game which i think everyone was talking about that i don't know what that is but i, I do know it everyone yet. kept I talking about it
2: <laughs> it's on my list it's on my list to binge um
1: <laughs> i'm over okay. here watching cooking shows to see how i can improve my cooking.
2: <laughs> okay to, to close things up here um and put a bow on this conversation. You know, just thinking about um, individuals coming into this industry, right, or wanting to be in this industry in the long in the long run. You know, what advice would you give someone that might be starting in the same place that you did, that wants to work in this industry and thrive in this industry? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say the same thing. The same advice
1: that I gave myself is okay. come in humbly come in humbling you don't you just because you feel like you work harder than anybody else that you you are coming in deserving something and and the biggest thing is that's the biggest mistake people do is is the fact that oh i didn't get the job well you know i worked harder than this person doesn't matter that's not what that's about and coming in with a humble humble aspect is to me the most important thing uh, And maybe it's just my background but i think coming in knowing that, look, if it wasn't for you, it wasn't for you. That's okay. There's something else that someone else is going to see what you really bring to the table and they're going to give you what you deserve. So to me, it's really coming in with that humble experience that nothing is beneath you. Um, because if you're coming in even as a director or even as a, as, a, as a C-suite or anything like that, or a VP, nothing is beneath any of us. We're still at the end human beings. And I think that's where I... St- thrive more with working with people as uh, trust me, we're not going to make everybody happy. That's one thing, but we have to understand everybody and understand that, they, that we're always trying to collab together somehow. So if someone can't do something, help them out and yeah. don't just let people fail and see them fail because you feel like you bring a bear at your table. There's room for everybody. So to me, it's always coming in with a humble aspect, um, I've learned that from the get-go because you never know, like I said, you never know where you're going to end up. You never know where they're going to end up. You know, uh, even when I left, um, I will say the people that I worked with the, the agency, some people were great. Some people were difficult to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to just kind of learn how to work with people, you know, in all these areas and, the, and, and especially this industry. And I'm sure you, you're you very much aware of that, Yeah. but understanding that work hard and put in the work. And that way people see that, let that be the shine and be the ego boost for yourself that people are noticing that and not about these titles and making sure that we are empowering more women voices and even more more women that are colored and are Latinas that are look differently, that don't look like the typical, you know, male, white, anything like that, to really understand that we do have something to offer, that we have something big to do. And and this is the opportunity to do so. And there's a lot more room for more women that look like us to be able to be here. So it is very important for me to voice all that and to be proud of it, because I was telling everybody, I'm like, I could care less about titles. It's not about titles for me. The title, the brand that you should work on is your name. That title's not on that damn tombstone. It's your name. (laughs) It's your name and people know who you are because of what you bring to the table. So please, uh, to me, I encourage people to be humble and really do the research on sports, because if this is not your cup of tea, trust me, you're not going to like everything else that happens after. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I would say to people. Definitely the, the humble piece for
2: sure. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, just being so transparent and open with us through this conversation. I love your energy. I love what you're doing at the Mavs. And I cannot wait to see what you continue to bring to, to this world, you know, forget just the industry, but this world with your with your passion and your presence.
1: No, I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Deanna. And I look forward to seeing you at a Mavs game soon. Very soon. Let's do thank it. You. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Well, have a good afternoon. And thank you for having me. Appreciate the talk.
0: And that's a wrap on episode 38. Thank you to Iris for sharing her experiences and insights with all of us today. And as a thank you, our friends at Turnkey ZRG has purchased a one-year membership for her to join the Pro Sports Assembly, an industry member-led association helping advance equity in pro sports. Now, I invite you always to follow us on Instagram at Women Blazers to stay connected and to engage with the Women Blazers Network. And we only have two more episodes left in season two. So look forward to episode 39 featuring Maya Mendoza Ekstrom, Senior Vice President of Legal and External Affairs for the Seattle Sounders of the MLS. I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving.